This is Season 6, Episode 13 of Beyond the Illusion, Unveiling the Power of Face Reading with Barbara Roberts. In this episode, we have a conversation with Barbara Roberts. She's an experienced face reader, clinical medicine researcher, and holistic healer with a passion for helping people understand their true purpose and potential. In this episode, Barbara offers insights into the ancient practice of face reading and has developed an accessible and accurate system for understanding the psychological, spiritual, and physical implications of facial features. Her work has helped many to gain greater insight into their own lives and the lives of others by enabling them to make more informed decisions in their relationships, careers, and spiritual paths. Let's go to that conversation with Barbara Roberts, Tiana Roser, and myself, Tim Howe. I'm really excited to talk about face reading. It's not something that you it's hardly ever hear about it, even in spiritual communities. Hopefully there'll be like a resurgence, but I'm very curious about it. I think it's kind of been around for a long time. Maybe to tell us a little bit of background about it. And then of course, we always like to hear your story. How did you come across into face reading? Thanks for asking about what it is, because I thought I should define it first. (laughs) It's been around a few thousand years, actually. And with my background at UCSD, I worked in clinical medicine. I have this, I call it picky research background. And so I'm also, as you saw, interested in holistic healing and energy work, et cetera. So in the 80s, I came across face reading when I worked at UCSD. And I remember I was in a class with my teacher who was a world famous expert, the only person I'd ever met. And I remember he said, would anyone like their face read? So my hand goes up and I'm going, why is my hand up? I should put my hand down now. And <laughs> so I got up there and he told me 20 things about my character that were all accurate. And I thought it's a good thing I meditate because <laughs> I need to work on. So anyway, so that's how I got into it. And what I did initially was I studied, as only a medical research person would do, the hundreds, I don't think there were 100, maybe 50 books on face reading at that point. And then there's four different systems. So I was determined to develop an accurate, repeatable system that would honor all ethnic backgrounds. And mine's the only system that honors people of all different ethnic backgrounds And also, I'm the only one in clinical medicine who's ever done this. So it's a psychological, spiritual system. So I want to talk about what face reading means. Basically, Tiana, what you're looking at with someone is what are called facial features. That would be, for example, you have the rounded forehead line, the arched eyebrows, a rounding in the chin. And Tim has the square forehead line like I do. And everything means something. So there are thousands of these facial features. Probably by now, I've looked at at least 10,000 people, over 10,000. So I know a few hundred of these and that they're very accurate and repeatable. So basically, you're looking at facial features like the teeth structure, et cetera, et cetera. And everything has a psychological meaning. Actually, there are three psychological meanings for each facial feature. And I cover those in my book. And the history... For I'm going to do about three minutes of face reading here. Aristotle was the teacher for Alexander the Great. 
and he chose Alexander the Great's generals. And as we know in history, Alexander the Great conquered the whole world. And so Aristotle was choosing men based on their huge jaw structure, which would be like in history, Jack Kennedy, FDR, Churchill, whoever has that, what's called an iron face, a square lower jaw structure is a powerful person. So that's a leadership face. And everyone has their own gifts and life lessons. The other story I wanted to share is Abraham Lincoln chose his cabinet using face reading. So this is a very old system. What I like to do or was able to do is bring it up to our century, our standard, and make it easily understandable by thousands of people. So here are the things that face reading can offer the listeners. The first area, because we're talking really about life purpose, and the goal is to lead a more abundant life that is more joyful, financially abundant, sharing your gifts with other people. That's, for me, success. That's what that means for me. Well, the first application is we're looking at patterns in the face, and that's what I've enjoyed and been become really good at. The patterns would be like when we were children and we had all the ducks in a row and they're all wearing blue boots and one of them is wearing yellow boots and you go, oh no, that one's wearing yellow boots. You know, <laughs> so you see differences in patterns. So one example of face reading patterns is choosing your occupation or your career. And in my book, I talk about, and I'd love to do this even briefly, the four styles of career and how there are different facial features we incarnate with. And I'll talk about that in a second, past lives. But we incarnate with gifts. And when we match our gifts to what we do, then we're believable. And the joke I tell people when I do individual sessions is I say, if you were to think that I was a Navy SEAL and the head of the LA PD department, or if I told you that I was, I hope you would laugh in my face because I look nothing like any of that. However, so the career styles match what you're best at, and that's part of your life path. The second application where face reading is really important is choosing a soulmate or business partners. And when I did about, as you saw, about 60 TV shows, and I was on morning news 20 times with Laura Buxton in San Diego, where I live, and she once said, if only I had known about face reading when it came to men, it would have saved me a lot of suffering. And so I also do this for men with women because it's you. Uh -huh. And then the last application that I love is increasing your intuition. And I call it your intuitive edge in business. So when you're doing, you're looking at competitors, you're looking at doing a cold call with someone who's in business, it'll really give you insight. And then the last application, I'd love to do whatever you think your listeners are interested. The last one is a spiritual application because we want to live our heart's goal. We, at least part of what I consider successful is being close to God and being of service to people. And so as a spiritual introspection tool, this will give you an idea of how do I choose my spiritual path? For example, when I first looked at Tim's face, your face is the one of a spiritual seeker. And even though, and I know we're going to do your face in detail if you want me to, but then you also have the flat eyebrows, which is analysis, computers, and somewhat introvert. 
Whereas Tiana's face is vibrant fabric texture color. That's the eyebrows. Arch in the eyebrows is drama, flair. Love of animals is the rounded chin. The huh. rounded in your forehead is people, people, people. And your face is the one of someone who would do energetic healing. So yours is healing and art. So we all come in with these different areas. So those are a few examples. Yeah, it seems like it's so useful on so many levels. Our listeners are on a spiritual path, but we're also people that are in the everyday world. And we're not like monks on the mountaintop anymore. We all have to deal with people all the time. We're meant to kind of be the balance with a foot in both worlds. And so, yes, we want to know who we are and how we can best utilize our gifts in the world. And we want to know who can I trust and who's compatible, whether it's a, a project or a boss or a partner. So yeah, it's so amazing. I have one story that might illustrate some of this. And before you said that, or as you were talking, the prayer thought comes to me from Yogananda, who's my teacher. And he said, where thou hast placed me, thou must come. So we're not necessarily monks. We're here, most of us, to do something in the world and be happy doing it. And But one example, going back to bosses or looking at people and knowing, what should I do with this person? is an example, and this is a testimonial on my face reading one, the number one.com website. Anyway, I was working with the CEO who was in, I'm going to change the cities, Memphis, and he had a huge corporation. So I go back and forth and I was teaching his HR people how to choose jobs and how to choose people, honoring ethnic diversity, but choosing the patterns of face that would be different and good for different positions in their company. Anyway, so he wrote me and he was going to be doing an interview with a man who had five owned five hospitals. So the product was GI, we call that gastrointestinal. It was a surgical product. And he was trying to sell this to this man who owned five hospitals. So I said to him, show me your picture, show me his picture. So what we do in face reading, it's called compatibility matching. And for example, you and Tim have the match of brother and sister. You're a family match. <laughs> People always tell us that. We seem like brother yeah. sister. and sister. We've said that we feel yeah. like brother sister. Yeah, we, yeah. we say that to so, each other sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here's, here's the story back to this person. I'll call him Jim. So Jim said to me, okay, what I want to do with this man, I'll call him Sam, who is the head of all these hospitals, is I want to first start and tell them about myself and my kids and blah, 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 and our company and da, 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 da. And so I said to him, I'm looking at Sam's face and that's not going to work because Sam has an angular face. He has six parts of his face that are right to the point. So I said to Jim, you have 30 seconds to deliver your message. So what face reading does is it tells someone, here's your knowledge Here's everything you can offer that person. Who are they? What do they need from you? Not everything you have to offer, but pinpoint it to their temperament, their personality, their needs. So I said to Jim, here's what I would do. This man is interested in money. And so you start with, if we add this GI product to your surgical schedule, you can do one extra OR operating room thing a day, which is going to add $200,000 a week. And then because the surgical 
equipment that we have is so good, the patients won't have as much medication, so that'll decrease their load in the pharmacy financially. So you start with that, with this man, and he did. Oh, and then I said to him at the end, if this is accurate, you're going to look on his desk, he's going to have the photo of his two children, a boy and a girl, I think. Anyway, so he called me from the end of the interview, and he said, Tiana, he said, you were so right on. If I had done what I thought I should do, it would have been dead. He said, we got the $3 million a year based on what you told me to do, and we got it. So I was just calling to thank you. And he said, and yes, there was the photo of the two kids on his desk. And there's a joke, of course. I thought, gosh, I should charge more. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. So anyway, so they got this huge contract. So the goal of face reading also is compatibility. And so that's not only with your boss, but your mother-in-law, your sister, whoever. It's how to understand and get along well with people. My book is called How to Know Anyone at a Glance, Face Reading, How to Know Anyone at a Glance. Yeah, I think that's such a powerful tool to use in everyday life because so much of life is communicating with other people. I mean, that's really, when you boil it down to the simplest thing, it really comes down to that in many cases. Your book was really good, and I love this part. It was towards the end, I think, where you made this analogy about how there are aspects of nature that that give us clues as to what the nature of that being or that plant or whatever it might be is. And you had an example of like, there are certain markings on a snake that indicate that snake is poisonous. And there are right. markings on other snakes that say that's not a dangerous snake. And we take these visual cues and we are able to navigate through life with that. And I love that you compare that to looking at someone's face and we are part of the natural world. And so it would make sense that we have some sort of expression of what's inside of us that comes through on the outside. And I thought that made perfect sense to me that, yes, this face reading could be validated by science because there are certain aspects of people that are repeatable in these features. So I loved that about it because it kind of hit home when I read that. Here's one thought that I would add, which thank you. I agree. One thought I had is when we look at, I don't know much about spiders, but there is a black widow spider that has the red back and then a house spider that has a brown back. So sometimes in nature, there are indications. The goal I just want to present, because we're really talking about people in face reading, is that the best way to do this is not to judge people, but just to pay attention. Like I, I remember, I think it's the Lippity Plants, the little prince where San Exuperi says to read with your heart. So the best way of doing face reading that has worked for me over thousands of people is just to open my heart and see what's there. And the goal is always healing and insight. It's never critical or judgmental. So even though in nature, we do see these markings and some are like, whoa, pay attention. In people, it's important because there's a soul age factor to give people, my thought, is the benefit of the doubt. And for example, with soul age, I have a video actually on YouTube watched by I think 250,000 people on soul age that shows photos of different people, young soul, mature soul, old soul. And sometimes you'll see an old soul. When I teach classes on the saints, you'll see an old soul, Tim, who has parts of their face that are 
just really challenged or beaten in, or they've had a really hard life, but their eye radiance is so dynamic that they've overcome those things. I'm thinking of Mandela or some, some other people who you know are awake. And so we're looking at facial features, but also the inner life. I really like that eye radiance term. I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to ask you about that. And I really enjoyed your book because they say like the eye is the window to the soul or something like that. I think even those of us that maybe didn't know the science of face reading, but still we're responding to those things without yes. realizing it. And you kind of touched on this in the book and then let's see if you want to explore this any further. So then this idea of as we connect more to our soul, so our eye radiance changes. And I think you said in there's our face can kind of change some as well. Maybe the more that we are radiating yes. the light of our soul and connecting to yes. our soul. Because I'll see that in a session because I'm a hypnotherapist and an yeah. energy healer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are. Yeah, I'll see that people's face will change at the end of the session. I'll be like, oh, wow, their face feels different now. Exactly. But, yeah, I was curious so it makes sense to me that the inner can affect the outer like that. But then I was kind of curious if people got plastic surgery and then they changed the outer, let's say, like you said about yeah. that square jaw. So some guy wants to seem stronger or whatever, and he gets plastic surgery and gets a square jaw. Would that also shift maybe him being able to tap into that aspect more? Or is it more just like how other people would perceive him? Or could it also sort of transform him inwardly? I was just curious. Wow. Well, that's wonderful questions. Let me answer a few of them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it just flows. So let me try to go to a few of those. In my book, The One Face Reading, How to Know Anyone at a Glance, basically, I cover that. I cover three parts. What we're born with, for example, even if my face changed dramatically, I have a narrow jaw our narrow face. So it's never going to be a face like Martin Luther King, who had a broad forehead. It's just my bone structure is not going to change. So that's category one is, is what you're born with. Category two is how we like to look. And I call this the whole bottom floor of Macy's clinic, <laughs> which is when we weave our hair or straighten our hair or curl our hair, blah, 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 blah. You know, how we like to look is category two. Category three, which you alluded to, Tiane, is I call that orthodontia surgery, plastic surgery, scars on the face, changing things, moving the jaw structure forward like Carol Burnett did. So how this works is we read what we see in face reading. However, and this is more of an advanced level of face reading, if let's say six parts of the person's face are very aggressive or dominant and they change some part to make it more tender or loving, you still have five other parts that are operative that are in their character, making it strong in one direction. The goal, which is what you also talked about, is introspecting of how can I change in a better way spiritually so that I can enhance being grounded in the world, like you said at first, but at the same time, grow spiritually to get more inner understanding, more wisdom, more love spiritually, and radiate that. So definitely, and after hypnotherapy, you'll see the childlike quality of someone's face coming forward, their inner radiance, their relaxation. 
I mean, I'm going medical here for a second. The parasympathetic nervous system completely relaxes so that you'll see they'll look radiant, which is, that was a good session. <laughs> that was like, you did well. That was good. <laughs> so go ahead. You had some other thoughts? Oh gosh, I have so many. Yeah, I appreciate that you also mentioned, I really like the thing about seeing people with the heart because I'm sure there are other face readers that are just very clinical. Analytical. Oh, you have this yeah. and this. But I do think that that's such an important piece to bring in the intuition as well and not rigidly just follow the rules. Um, one thing that comes to my mind with that specifically is that the deeper level of face reading is developing the spiritual intuition. And to do that, one must be very quiet inside, very heart-centered. And one example, this was years ago, I was doing a party for a hair salon near where I live, a kind of a very wealthy one. And so there was this woman there, I couldn't hear her voice because it was very noisy, but I looked at her and I said to her, do you have any connection to Padre Pio? And she went, Padre Pio, who is the mystic, the Catholic mystic with the stigmata. And she went, Padre Pio, I grew up in Italy in his home and he healed my brother and he baptized me. And I couldn't hear what she was saying because I couldn't hear she was Italian, but I could see Padre Pio standing right next to her. So, so part of it is inner sight, is the development of these qualities that help us connect to people. One has to open the heart and then you have inner sight. And for example, sometimes when I look at people, not unusual, I call it, I have like a drop-down screen in my intuition, and it says kind of what's going on. And one example, I was looking at this woman in another situation in a group, a big group, and she was absolutely gorgeous in terms of what she was wearing and beautiful physically. And yet inside, some part of me went, something's not right here. You know, something, I don't know what it is. And so inwardly, I said, Lord, what is this? You know, show me. And so on my little screen, I saw the word hooker. And so she was a prostitute. And so we were talking about our kids and I gave her a hug and we ended our little mini session. And when I was done, all these people came up and said, well, you know, she's blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, so what? It's like, she's a soul and she wants guidance and she wants love. And that's sort of what we're here to do. And so even when I teach my class on criminology, which is later in the book, when I had the opportunity of helping the TSA, or excuse me, F FAA, not the TSA, but the idea is helping people change because we're all working out things. And the joke I tell people when I do my sessions is when I'm perfect, I'll phone you. So don't expect a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah, that was one of the things I wanted to mention too, was the life lessons thing. So I guess if you have a certain facial qualities and maybe you don't like fully embrace them, maybe you want to change them. Is that maybe something you came in to work on and that it's being expressed that way? Or is it that you really have these qualities and you do need to really work hard to change them? Or how do you think that is expressing itself? Let me see if I'm understanding the question. Okay. So you're asking about life lessons. And if I'm hearing you right, some people are unconscious and don't really care about them. And other people are like, I need to work on that. Is that your question? 
kind of well i guess let me make it more clear so let's say for example that i have a nose that is not a wealthy nose right but i want to be this is a really superficial example so but i would like to change that and maybe that's the challenge i came into this life with is to work on manifesting or whatever it might be so that i can achieve what i want okay i understand i have a response because this is fun this is fun for me okay so The goal of face reading is to transcend face reading. The goal is you're not your astrology chart. You're not your karma. You're not your face. You are, the concept is I relate to spirit. I relate to God. He flows through me. I let go of habits, patterns of the past that keep me bound. And I affirm, let's say I have a, I do, I have a small nose and mine's a little analytical nose. And then there are huge noses like, Charlie Chaplin and Mother Teresa of Calcutta, which are financial abundance, spiritual abundance. So they might have come in with that particular gift or that particular easy part, but it doesn't mean just because we have a facial feature that doesn't indicate that, that we can't manifest that because the goal is we turn into spirit and we transcend our personality. But the other facet is with face reading, if you have no clue who you are, or why you're drawing men who are horrible if you're a woman, you need to look at that and go, okay, okay, here's part of my personality. I want to work on that. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Did that answer it, I hope. Yes, it did. Thank you. (laughs) Or at least touch it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah. I would love to delve into past lives. Because that's something that I do is past life regression. It's I know you I'm do. Always, <laughs> I'm always interested in that aspect. I don't know. Have you heard of this book called Return of the Revolutionaries? Nope. This guy, Walter Semq. I might get, be getting his last name wrong. Anyway, he has this book where he took place during the Revolutionary War, key figures, and then who they are in the Ooh. world now. Oh, yeah. Some famous people like author Neil Donald Walsh or Marianne Williamson and who Oprah was before, or he has some of these people anyway there. And then he had some trans channel that was particularly skilled to help him. So talking about certain personality traits that are similar, but also put these people's past life self and then current life self next to each other and showing how they had a lot of the same qualities. And clients will ask me that as well. Like, oh, do we look similar in past lives. And I found sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't. And it might make sense that we might look similar to the most recent life before this one. Some people like think, oh, that's silly. How could our face tell us about ourselves? But I'm like, well, everything is energy. It makes sense to me that when my soul joins with the fetus, that's going to be my body when it's still developing and brings that energy in, then it's going to affect how that body develops the same way that somebody had a past life trauma and they might have a birthmark there. It's because that energy, when the body, the is forming, Mm -hmm. makes so much sense to me that everything is energy and energy is expressed in a certain way. So I'd like to hear what your thoughts are about reincarnation and face reading. Okay. I have a lot to say. So here we go. Because like I said, when I look at people, either I see it intuitively or I don't, but it's like, I go, oh, they did that before. Or especially with myself, I get, oh, I've known this person before and this is what happened. I'll get like a blip, like a movie screen of the little video of what happened. Okay, so here's what I have to say about face reading. I completely agree who we are 
affects how the face is formed. And I'm not talking medically, I'm talking energetically, spiritually. We bring forward from past lives our strongest traits. And I want to be very specific for a while. For example, Bach, Beethoven, when the ears come out, and so I want to be specific because we're talking in generalities here. When the ears come forward, this is music ability. And so in this life, we come forward with music ability if we've had that gift before. And so our face will express our inner gifts. For example, some more. Like Tim and I have what's called a widow's peak. And this is a little V at the hairline. And this means, you tell me, Tim, this means, first of all, we don't like to be told what to do. We like to go from inside out and we like to figure our truth and then express it versus being micromanaged. True? Yep. Oh yeah. hundred percent. So we had that, we've had that temperament before. It wasn't like an accident. So here we have the skill of face reading, which is how do I decode a face and tell you who you were and what you did and what's going on. So that's, that's how it works. But here's more about past lives because I've spent 50 years, as you know, meditating and studying yoga, which is involves reincarnation. So the first part is what is the importance of reincarnation? And here's my point of view. It's to understand what we need to learn, which is what Tim alluded to a few minutes ago. What am I supposed to learn? Not necessarily going back. And yes, I know some involves reprogramming and that is energetic healing, but it's more, what can I learn and how can I move forward? So it's not necessarily, this is my point of view, staying back there and letting it limit us or damage us. And yes, many of, you know, sometimes I've seen many people who come in with, I call the different archetypes in face reading. There's the healer archetype, which is you, Tiana. I have seen one that is, I call it the witch archetype that I've seen six people over 35 years who have that archetype. And they often come in with facial features that indicate trauma from a past life or violence. And so these things come with us, but they hopefully we heal either through meditation, 12-step work, hypnotherapy, counseling. We work on ourselves spiritually. So we heal and transcend them in this life because no one came in completely wonderful. At least in the joke I tell people in the thousands of families I've looked at, I've probably met three families that were wonderful completely. And then I went to dinner with one of the families and I went, okay, it's down to two now. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, yeah. but many of us have, you talked about the wounded healer. So many of us come in to work out a lot of karma at the beginning of our life and move through things. And especially my own point of view, I've seen four of my past lives and I knew they were absolutely dead on. And I'll tell you a story if I could. One of them, when I was working for Scripps doing wound care, part of my years as in medicine, I remember I inwardly said I was doing this very complicated procedure. And I remember asking God, why am I doing this? <laughs> I, was kind of, I love the patients. I love working. But there was so much politics in medicine and so much complicated paperwork and blah, blah, blah. at the level I was by the time you become a clinical 
medical person. There's so much paperwork. Anyway, so I just said to God, why am I doing this? And immediately I had this, like, I call it drop down screen, but this flash, this complete understanding, Tiana, that in my past life, the last one, and you were talking about how the face is similar to the last one. I was a nurse in the civil war and my greatest desire when I left my body was to have wound care. So, because in the Civil War, we had nothing. All we had is water and hostesses, maybe, or something, and horrible suffering. And I remember that was my strongest humanitarian desire. And so I reincarnate in medicine doing wound care. And at that point, I thought to myself, okay, we should be careful about what we're asking for, because that was my desire. And this is not easy. So, and then what I've also learned about reincarnation this is my own point of view, is when God, through meditation or our own inner transformation, wants us to know something, he'll show us. And so I've seen several of my incarnations that way. But the face does form according to our tendencies. And that it takes someone who does intuitive face reading to look at you and go, okay, well, here are your tendencies. Which ones do you want to work on? Which ones you go, I'm not interested. Like Tim said, what do I want to do? What do I not want to do? And so that's a deeper understanding of face reading. They're different levels. I love all of that. And you mentioned these different archetypes and yes. um, like the which one only seen a few times. And so there's obviously then certain, maybe more common archetypes. And then I would yes. think in our new Aquarian age that we're moving into, I don't know if you do many face readings for kids. I was like, yeah. what a good idea to have a face reading for your child to better understand who they are and uh -huh. how to support them. Be really great. But then I was wondering if maybe are there certain archetypes that are leaving and other ones that are coming yes. into the time that we're in spiritually? Oh, good question, by the way. I wouldn't have thought of that. I saw the picture you have on the wall. It looks like a daughter drew those. So that's probably. Yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, all that's okay. hers. Yeah. So let me, before I forget, comment on what you said, because I might forget it because you have so many cool points. Okay. The children part. On YouTube, where I have the 2 million people watching all the videos, there are a bunch of them on how to look at your child and understand their inner gifts. And one example on one of the TV shows, I have this little boy and he has a really short chin. And whenever I see a short chin, because there are three parts of the face, there is the forehead to the eyebrows. That's the thinking style. The emotional area is the, the lower eyelid to the mouth. The chin is below the lip and the upper um, chin. And when the chin is very short, especially in a child, always 100% of the time, it means they're a fussy eater. So it means I'll say to their parent, okay, basically they like orange juice, pizza, and spaghetti. And they like, oh yeah, how did you know that? And then the other part is they hate brushing their teeth because what it means is focusing on their body is not interesting to them. So we're always going for recovery and we're going for bringing out the best in this little person. So the goal I say to the parent when I see that is now is the time, they're three to five, to introduce grapes and carrots and, and little celery pieces and for sure get them one of the toothbrushes if they're a little girl, a Cinderella, or even if they're a little girl and they like Spider-Man or get them the little toothbrush they want with great toothpaste. And for five minutes, you stand with them and brush their teeth with them because that's something they don't want to do as they get older. So you're retraining them 
meeting that part of them that's not their interest to really enjoy that. And that helps them to become better. Now, the second part, let's see, what was the second part? It's about the archetypes. Oh, the archetypes. The okay. Archetypes that are so, coming in. Yes. So I know there are different writers who probably address this, but one time I was praying and meditating and I always look for patterns. And so that's one of my fun things, like the ducks I was talking about in their little boots. So here's the overlay. I'm going to give you a few archetypes, but then the overlay is soul age. Because like a doctor can be a world healer, could be the Dalai Lama as a spiritual source healer, mystic. And then a doctor could be someone who does horrible things or hurt people. So a healer is one of the archetypes. Another archetype, I call it the artisan. So you personally have the combination of the artisan and the healer. That's what I perceive. Mm -hmm. So the artisan is someone who their goal, I hope, like Bach or Beethoven, is to tune into the ohm, to tune into the cosmic spirit and get the music from the spheres and download that from their gift, which is music. So that's another archetype. I haven't thought about this for a while. There's the merchant archetype. People in India, we talk about in my style of yoga, rajasic, sattvic, tamasic. And so rajasic is action-oriented. Sattvic is spiritual. Tamasic is sort of lower vibration. So sometimes the merchant has a rajasic, hopefully a sattvic. They want to do well for humanity and share their gifts. Think, putting God first, but really helping people with whatever work they do. So there's a soul age component also, old soul, new soul, that kind of thing that overlays into these archetypes. But those are a few examples. I can't think of other ones right now. Archetype are you? <laughs> I, oh, you're so funny. <laughs> I think there's the teacher archetype. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then there's the guardian. For example, a police officer who is abusive is the lower soul age of an archetype guardian, whereas Gandhi the politician who freed India from his political guidance is the high archetype of a guardian. So I think mine is a combination of a teacher healer. So, but then one of my past, oh, then there's the religious archetype, the monk. Mm, yeah. And so many of us who come for specifically you, I think, who come with archetypes or energy from... I call it more astral, etheric. So in past lives, we also probably express that and were hurt when we did that because the common fundamentalists, who knows, centuries, that was not something that was honored. It was more get along with everyone. True? Yeah, yeah. I've experienced past life like that. <laughs> I know you have. Mm -hmm. I know you have. So it for sure that was part of I can um, tell that was one for you. <laughs> yeah, part of my journey. I'm always joking about trying to step more out of my spiritual closet. That's still there's part of me still stuck hiding because it didn't feel safe. And so yeah, for sure. Yeah, I have a story if I could to add to that. Before I had the honor of being on national TV a lot and was on Hallmark and Tyra and one of the shows. I remember I went, it was the first time I had been on national TV. And I remember thinking, I'm going to have a stroke. I'm going to die. I'm so nervous. I'm going to just die. <laughs> and, 
And so here I'm on my way to the show going, it might not look good if I die. Okay, never mind. But anyway, <laughs> so just kidding. But so what came to me is that in a past life, when I was so visible and vulnerable, I was injured, probably died. You know, we were killed if we were that vulnerable. And so what came to me is using God and help go right into the roots of that and pull it up. And the roots were saying to myself, okay, Barb, this is not that century. This is a century where you're safe. You know, people might not understand face reading. Okay, we got that. But it's a century where you will not be persecuted. So you're free. And so once I went right into the roots of, I don't need to be frightened of this, of being so vis visible or vulnerable, it went away. But it took facing it, which was like, I don't want to face this. I'm going to die. <laughs> Not so it's, funny. It does feel like that. Like yeah, very irrational. Even I can just remember putting up blog posts or something and then feeling this anxiety, like I'm going to die and thinking. Yeah, you did. You probably did. It feels like that. Yeah. <laughs> and the truth is, because I've looked at thousands of people, everyone, Gianna has a different topic. That's what's fascinating. Sometimes we think, well, everyone else is perfect. And it's just me who has these things I'm working at. Listen. People have all different topics and it gives us so much compassion for other people and what they're going through. At least that's my thought. Yeah. And you didn't die. You did great. My wife and I no, were watching. Well, so far. So far. Okay. <laughs> my wife and I were watching some of the little clips from when you were on the Tyra show and the different news shows and they were really good. Yeah. It was a lot of you know, what most people are interested in is like relationship stuff and career stuff. And yeah, they were great. So we really enjoyed it. If I could add one thought related to career and relationships is, and I know you might mention that, but I'm going to offer a special discount for any of your listeners for individual sessions. And it's an hour and an hour we cover relationships, we cover business, we cover your career. And if people who are listening are interested, they should just either text me at 760-479-0008 and or email me at face, like nose, reading, like the book, one, the number one at AOL. So it's face reading one at AOL. And then I'll send you the link for the special discount for this show if you want an individual session. Mm -hmm. One other thing, if I could say, and then I'm done with this little part, is my book, Face Reading, How to Know Anyone at a Glance, is no longer featured on Amazon. I took it off after 10 years, but it is on my website. And I send it out, PDF, iPad, and paperback is for the U.S. only. So, and iPad and PDF are for the U.S. also. So it's facereading1.com. If anyone's interested, and you're welcome to call me if you have questions or thoughts. It's a wonderful book. And I just really think it's such a useful tool for everyone in life. Just can't see how anyone wouldn't benefit from that. The joke I tell people, Gianna, is if you're looking at people who have faces, this will help you. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, if you're looking at people who don't have faces... I don't know what to tell you on that one. <laughs> Going back to um, your heart. 
<laughs> feeling like irrational fear. And also when I first started my business and I put my first website, I didn't really want to put my photo on there. But then I realized anytime if I were looking for a massage therapist or acupuncturist, if they don't have their photo on there, I just don't even bother with them. I didn't know all the science of it yet, but still we get like a certain feeling, you know, so I realized if I'm always going to need to see someone's photo, then if somebody wants to feel if they can trust me or, you know, how Absolutely. I am, then they're going to need to see my photo as well. And so it is really important with things shut down during the pandemic. We're still, we're looking at everybody's faces on Zoom, you know? dealing with faces. There's just no getting around it really in the world that we live in now. The other part, just in summary is the part that face reading offers is how to look at someone and see them. We're used to seeing people, but we don't understand them. So, or we don't really see them. With face reading, you see exactly who they are. And the more you study it, you also develop your heart and your compassion for this is who they are. And I'm working on that part also. And a quick example, one of my students in Costa Rica, my friend Manfred, is a CEO and I trained him for several years how to do this. And the first time he did this live, he called me from his car and he was like shaking. And I went, what's going on? What's going on? And he went, I told this person all about their life and it was a hundred percent accurate. And I once said to him, when he wrote me initially, what can I learn from face reading? I said, it'll blow open your heart. Mm. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate that you add that and that there's ethics that are written into your book, because again, there are people that can use different tools or modalities, but not necessarily ethically. And so that's super important to me. The one other part with that, I remember years ago, I was teaching this to someone who is in sales and they basically wanted to use it to manipulate people. And what was fascinating to me is they couldn't master it at all. So it almost has like its own little, you have to do it with your heart to make it accurate because that's the clarity with which you see in face reading. You can do it on a very superficial level, but you won't get very far. But if you're more open to understanding and who that person really is and what are they working at, then everything's shown to you. Yeah, for sure. I noticed while I was reading your book that there was a good portion of it that was dealing with your own intuition, you know, like you had the basics from the face reading, but there's also this intuitive part that is pretty essential actually for the entire reading. And so, yeah, it makes sense that if you have good intentions that the intuition is going to be stronger. Oh yeah. On that note, there's like an ancient yoga technique that you know. To oh yes, yes. Okay. I would love to hear about that. Well, back to what Tim said then, the first thing I want to talk about is I've always been fascinated by the concept of inner sight. And so I remember reading at Christmas, reading Catherine Emmerich, who's one of the mystics who had the stigmata and she wrote about the life of Jesus. And she was saying when Mary brought Jesus, I think it was for baptism or anyway, into the temple, the older Jewish man I hope I'm not messing this up. I think it was Simeon. He was blind and he could feel the Messiah coming. And he said, he's here. I can feel the living Christ. He's here. And so he couldn't see, but he could tell that Jesus's consciousness and Jesus, the baby was in the temple. And so that's inner sight. And 
people, my own love is mystics and sages of all world religions and ages and centuries. And the inner sight is to me the deeper understanding that we're in tune with God because inner sight only comes from that source. That's the only way we get it. And even, for example, when I'm doing a session, I can feel after 35 years, I can feel the difference if it's my ego, which I completely ignore, or if it's coming from that deeper understanding, it comes with a vibration to it, which is this is true. And then when I say it out loud, I'll say to the person during the session, is this true for you? And they'll say yes. And so over and over, I get it validated that, yes, that's true in the real world, not just in the inner world, but this gift of inner sight is true for them and helping them. So anyway, back to your other thought. What was your other? The yoga, yogic thing, the ancient. Oh, yes, the technique. Yeah. Okay. So one example, this is from the ancient sages in yoga, and it's an intuitional technique to make choices. And this is how it works. So let's say you're trying to decide, should I move to Dallas or New York? And, you know, you have facts on one side, you've already done your sheet of pros and cons, and you're still, you don't really know what to do. And so you're aiming to ask for guidance. You're aiming, God, show me what is your will. And so you can do this over a period of days, also not just one time. But as an example, the technique is the spiritual eye, which most people probably know who are listening, is at the point between the eyebrows. And in yoga, this is where we send a loving request or when we're praying for someone, we pray for them, visualizing them at the spiritual eye and they get that healing. The heart center is the receiving area. So we've got the sending at the spiritual eye, the receiving in the heart. So here's an example of a technique you can use for any decision, jobs, children, whatever. So anyway, I'm thinking children like, should we put them in that school? Should we not put them in that school? You know, practical things. Okay, so you bring up the first Dallas. Let's say, should I move to Dallas? You bring that up at the spiritual eye, and it's not a thinking area. So you've done this after you've been quiet, meditated. So you bring up Dallas at the spiritual eye, and you visualize striving to feel what would it be like there? Lord, show me what this looks like. And so you might do this for two to three minutes, everything you can think about Dallas. And then you go to your heart. Keep in mind that if you're not used to doing this, it takes a while to get this down, but then it's automatic. So then you go to your heart and you feel yes, no. And so this is how you know. Yes is joyful, calm, peaceful, expanded. No is confused, dark can't tell, frightened. So that's kind of yes or no. They have a feeling to them. Then you go to New York. So you bring up New York at the point between the eyebrows. And then, you know, where you're sending out what that might look like to you, what you know about it. And then you feel in the heart, if it's positive, those, those emotions I've talked about are negative. And you do this several times. So you don't just do it on one time. But gradually you're shown for you, which is the better way. And you ask God, show me your will for me. Show me what you want and what is my highest good. And then here's another application that I also do when I do face reading sessions. 
I overlay spiritual astrology because I do Western astrology. An example, this woman came years ago who was an energy healer. And she said, I have three opportunities. One's here, San Diego. One's in Utah. And one's in France to do my work. And so I said to her, let's pull up all three charts for this. You know, it's going to be like in two months. So I pulled up astrologically, relocated her chart for three, three locations and just read energetically. Okay, here it looks like things are blocked. It looks like you won't find a house. I think that was France. You won't be able to find a place to live. There's a lot of confusion. Utah looks like basically you're going to find a job right away in your area. It looks positive. And here it looks very stagnant. And so basically we pulled up the charts, her charts, energetically for what are the potentials in each location and very easy to do. And so she moved to Utah and she called me three weeks later and said, just what the chart said, I found a job in my area. I found a house to live. And then a year later, she called and said, I met someone I'm getting married. So she had a lot of her heart's desires filled in that location. Wow. It's another application for using inner work to help us move towards in the world on a practical level. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm actually going to use that today. That was really, really good. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Is so, there anything about our faces that we need to know that you haven't shared with us? <laughs> okay. Let me think. Okay. Now keep in mind when I do this, whether it's an individual session or I always bring up the positive, sure. and, but I'm going to mention a few things since you're asking a direct question and you tell me if they're true. Okay. So show me, Tiana, show me your ears because I'm looking at the inner ear structure and that's what I thought. Now turn to the side. That's what I was expecting to see. Okay. And now pull your hair back further on this ear. Okay. All right. So I'm going to do more of a face reading on you. And as it's accurate, I want you to tell me. Okay. So you have the long ear structure. And when I did this talk for a hundred people at the interior design center in San Diego, 10 years ago, they all had your ear. And so, so I thought, wow, what does that mean? Patterns. So this is interior design, beauty and harmony. So it means those are important factors for you emotionally and spiritually. True. Yeah. Not true for and, everyone. Right. Also, you can tell me things that are not positive and I can take constructive criticism as well. So okay. I'll just mention <laughs> things as I see them. Okay. Now the two eyebrows you have are different. So the right side eyebrow is arched. And so this is flare drama and it can be excitable and or temper. Yes. If you have a temper, it's so. quick. Uh huh. Was you, I used to have when I was a child? I had massive temper tantrums. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it means that's something that you've worked out, working out. The story I tell people this is somewhat humble here, but when I talk to AT and T and I have to go through eight operators, I definitely have a temper. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. I don't <laughs> have AT anymore. Four operators on AT&T. Okay, so more about you. The other part you have that's fascinating, if you look very closely, your front tooth blocks it's, itself. Uh -huh. And this can mean, and so here are three parts. One of them is if you look closely, your upper forehead has wispiness, right? In yeah, here. it does. <laughs> so this is mother's influence. So your left eye is an eighth of an inch below your right eye. 
So this can be distance with the father and or father could have been work long hours or emotionally wasn't as available. Is that possible? When I was young, very young, yeah, they worked in the hotels and my dad wasn't around that much. And then when I was seven, we moved to a small town. Then uh -huh. my then my dad is very available. But yeah, the earlier years, no. Yeah. And then my dad's very close to me. But yeah, the earlier years, it was, was not feel that. Yeah. When the first facial features form, that would be the early years. And yeah. so that would have been that part. And like you had mentioned at last hour about how the embryo forms and mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense. So this would have been at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So and then otherwise there's not a lot happening that isn't positive. Is your eye color hazel? I can never see. It's brown. Yeah. Oh, brown. Okay. It's regular brown. <laughs> That's good. So brown in someone who is Caucasian, and this is when I differentiate between African-American listeners and Asian. And I what half I'm, Asian, just so you know. I was My mom's Japanese. Yeah. So I was going to say that. I was going to bring that up and I wasn't sure. So that this is how it works. That if someone has a background, one parent or an ethnic component where the hair is black or dark, like in Asia, Hispanic listeners, African-American, most people from those countries or backgrounds have dark hair and black eyes or brown eyes. So what we do in my style of face reading is I take that and I move that aside. So in other words, if there are any facial features that might on any level be connected to those ethnic backgrounds, I put them to the side and I look at your face for the parts that make you special and that have nothing to do with your background, if there is one like that. In someone, for example, who's Caucasian, brown hair and brown eyes is family, family, family. And so always. And so now, Tim, are you Caucasian? Yeah, I'm half white. And then my mom's from Mexico. So yeah. I'm oh, okay. So there's, yeah. okay, cool. All right. So if someone as an example, here was the example of someone who, whose both parents are Caucasian and they have brown hair and brown eyes. So I'll say to them, the meaning is family, family, family. And as a joke, I'll say to them, for them, I'll say, mess with my family and I'll kill you. And they always say, yes. They always start <laughs> laughing and go, yeah, don't mess with my family, I'll kill you. I'm like, oh, wow. Where <laughs> people who have, as an example, blue gray eyes who are Caucasian are interested in analytical work. And I'll say to them, like, this is helpful, Tiana, in your hypnotherapy, you know, someone's temperament. So I'll say to them, what you do is you'll say, let's say there's a disagreement with someone and you'll go, well, she said that. And I said that, and I could have said that, well, if he had said that, I would have done this and blah, 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 blah. And they, and they go, I do that all the time. And then the other part is the blue eyes is love in a Caucasian is love of water, water. And so they love bath showers, jacuzzis, they heal through water. Whereas my eye color is hazel and ours hazel eyed folks are the ones who are interested in healing and insight need a lot of variety and easily bored <laughs> so so they need to have like stimulation intellectually which is teaching so yeah that makes and my dad has blue gray eyes and he does really love water water is oh, thing, too much. So that makes sense yeah is he also very analytical i think so i mean i don't know 
<laughs> well, keep in mind, you know, I'm being really specific here. There are 20 shades of blue gray. So I'd have to see mm -hmm. your dance. Yeah, yeah, so, oh, yeah. Here's mm -hmm. I tell one more story like this. Mm -hmm. Okay, so another example, it was on national TV and we were in the what's called the green room, which is this room that they have fruit in and before you go on TV and where I have my panic attack before I go on live TV. Okay, so anyway, just kidding. So here's this man and I'm looking at his face and he said to me, well, can you tell me what I do for a living? I went, oh, okay, okay. So I look at his face and he has gray eyes. And so I said to him, you work for the FBI? And he went, no. And I said, well, what do you do? And he said, I work for the CIA. I went, oh. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> agency, right eye color. It's gray eyes, which is like 15% of people is a spy. And oh, his book wow. was on, which I didn't know, his book was on spying on your babysitter in the home to make sure oh my god that was his book <laughs> so, so it's it's interesting it tends to be accurate wow yeah well yeah i think we are out of time now because i'm actually going to have to go pretty soon but you know this okay. has been a great conversation thank you so much barbara for coming on here and taking the time to talk with us and can you let our listeners know one more time what your website is Yes. Thank you, Tim. So two things. My website is face reading the number one, just like a numeral one.com. My book is not on Amazon, but it's on my website cheaper. <laughs> and if you're interested in an individual session, there's a major discount for listeners. So write me at face reading. So all small letters, face reading one, the number one at AOL and or text me 760-479-0008 so I can make sure you get the discount. And thanks, Tim and Tiana. I appreciate being on your show and being with your listeners. It was fun. It was fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Barbara Roberts for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing her gifts and knowledge with us. If you'd like to find out more about Barbara or schedule a session with her, you can find her at facereadingone.com. Thanks to everyone that made this podcast possible. Produced and hosted by Tim Howe and Tiana Roser. Music by Casey Henson. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. Also, please remember to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you listen. This really does help other people find us. Take care.